0: About me, my glory, and the lifter of my hand. I cried aloud to the Lord, and He answered me from His holy
1: hill. Hi there, welcome to the Kids' Way Podcast. We are a podcast committed to helping kids stay in the way of the King. And if you've never heard of King Jesus, well, get ready. You are going to love him. We pray that you would also learn more about what it means to be on his narrow way. We also use various tools to encourage and teach, from fictional stories to scripture reading to music and sometimes even bringing in some kids to contribute. You can find us online at www.kidsway.ca, and there you will find links to our Facebook page and also other info about Kidsway. Before getting into today's episode, we want to thank Jamie Souls for allowing us to use his wonderful music collection. If you would like to check out more of Jamie's music, you can find him at soulmusic.ca. That's www.solmusic.ca. Well, let's get to the story. We pray you are encouraged and pointed to King Jesus through today's episode.
2: Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Kids Way Podcast. And this morning, uh, I'm just going to take some time to look at some scripture regarding the account of what we know as Palm Sunday. As yesterday was Palm Sunday, and this coming Friday will be what we know as Good Friday. Remembering when Jesus was scourged and he went willingly to the cross to offer up his life for our sins. And of course, then over Saturday, he was in the tomb. And Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, we remember that Jesus was raised up from the grave, victorious over death and sin, accomplishing our salvation. So I'm going to start just by reading some scripture from Luke 19. And this account of Palm Sunday of Jesus riding the cult of the donkey into Jerusalem uh. It's recorded actually by all four of the Gospel writers. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all give their perspective on this account. And so that indicates to us that it is very important, and it's something that is good for us to remember even year by year. I know sometimes we become familiar with the stories. You maybe have heard it already a number of times, and so there's a temptation to think, well, I don't really need to pay attention because I already know this story. But we have to remind ourselves that when, we, when we're talking about the Scripture, that the Scripture is revealing to us an infinite God, a God who is unsearchable in all his ways. And so every time we open the Bible, we can pray and ask God that he would reveal something new, that he would help us to see him more clearly. And so there's always something else that we can learn and uh, some other uh, maybe it's an aspect of who God is that we didn't see or his ways. And so it's a good reminder for us to just always come to the word of God, asking that he would instruct us and teach us and show us marvelous things in his law. So this is Luke 19, and I'm going to start reading at verse 28. At Verse 28. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem When he drew near to Bethphage and to Bethany, at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, and on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying this colt? They said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. So there's a lot happening in this account. And sometimes we tend to only focus on the positive things that have happened, the things that are very joyful and encouraging. But we want to look at the whole account here from Luke and uh, and so in our sermon yesterday, we kind of looked at four primary events that Luke records, and you could, you know, break up the passage a little differently. But just by way of summary, we first of all see that Jesus instructed the selection of the colt of the donkey, and Jesus rides this little baby donkey. Uh, I mean, it's fairly young anyways. It's never been ridden before. And uh, there's a reason why this is important. Maybe not so much in our day-to-day. We don't think of a cult of a donkey as having, you know, really really any significance. Uh, They're maybe cute and would be fun to ride. But why is this important in the story of Palm Sunday? Well, there's actually a prophecy way back in the Old Testament in the book of Zechariah 9, verse 9, which reads, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So there was uh, even a prophecy many years before Jesus came from Zechariah and he spoke of the king of Jerusalem, uh, the king of God's people, would come to them riding on a donkey on a colt, a foal of a donkey. And so there's, a, there's imagery tied up here. And Jesus, as he gives instruction about the selection of this colt and then gets upon the colt to ride towards Jerusalem, he is essentially saying to all of Jerusalem and to even to us today as we read the account, he's saying, I am the king that Zechariah spoke of. I am the true king of Jerusalem, of Zion, of God's people. I am the fulfillment of what was promised many years ago. Now, the other uh, wonderful imagery that's tied into this that Jesus rode upon uh, the cult of a donkey is maybe you've seen in a movie where there's a battle and, you know, maybe it's a, a battle that was many years ago. So they didn't have tanks. They didn't have, you know, big trucks to go into battle with or helicopters and planes and that sort of thing. But what they used to ride into battle And even not that long ago, even in the First World War, uh, actually horses were used to carry the warriors into battle. And so there would be this image of uh, a conquering king would come riding upon a powerful, mighty horse, uh, a war horse, ready to conquer the enemy. And Jesus did not come into Jerusalem that way, but rather we're told he came in humility, he came in a lowly form upon instead the colt of a donkey. Nobody would have rode the colt of a donkey into battle. This is a picture of the humility of Jesus, and Jesus is coming to Jerusalem uh, not to conquer the Romans and overthrow all of the enemies of Israel like they thought, But Jesus is coming as the Prince of Peace. He is coming to give his very life as the sacrifice for our sins. Uh, What's also very interesting about this time in Jerusalem is they would have just begun to prepare for the Feast of Passover. Passover. Uh, You may remember way back again in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, we find that God delivered his people from slavery in Egypt and he used various plagues or judgments upon Egypt to uh, remind them that God is God and that to keep his people captive is wicked. And the final plague that was uh, brought upon Egypt was the death angel. And in order for Israel to be saved from this death angel that was going to come and kill all the firstborn, uh, if you remember, what, what God told Moses to tell the people was they were to to select a lamb, and they were to bring this lamb into their homes and feed it. And then uh, at the appointed day, they were to kill the lamb, and with some of its blood, they were actually to paint the doorposts of their house and so it's this picture of a lamb that is sacrificed to protect them from the coming judgment of god and uh, that might seem like a strange thing to say Why, why would god tell the people of israel to do that it seems very odd to us but then as we consider many years later the people of israel are still remembering this deliverance and they're still preparing to uh, celebrate the, the feast of Passover, they would still, uh, many years later, select a lamb, bring it into their home. And then on the day of Passover, they would kill the lamb uh, and they would have this feast. And And so it is about this time as Jesus rides into Jerusalem that actually the Passover lambs were being selected. They were picking them. And it is really as though God himself is putting forward Jesus riding upon this colt of the donkey in humility our prince of peace he is put forward as our passover lamb and so that is just a little bit uh, about the selection of this colt of the donkey and the events around that time and also some of the symbolism that we have because of it so we also see the worship of the king as they get close to Jerusalem, so Bethphage was, uh, you know, several miles from Jerusalem, and uh, that's where Jesus would have got on this colt, and as they begin making their way towards Jerusalem, we're told that the disciples begin crying out to God, praising him, worshiping him for his faithfulness. They begin saying, Hosanna, which means save now, the people see in Jesus their Savior, their Messiah, their King. And if Jesus was just a created being, even if he was just a, even an angel, uh, this worship would have been wrong. We should never worship anything that is just one of God's creations. Only God alone deserves the worship of his people. So the fact that Jesus receives their worship and is pleased by it uh, indicates to us that Jesus is, is more than just a man. Uh, Jesus is the God-man. He is God. Both God, uh, he has a divine nature, which means he shares in the very essence of God the Father. And we talk about the Holy Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we see as Jesus is worshipped by his disciples and praised. And uh, and even though the Pharisees are telling him, hey, make those disciples stop that. They shouldn't be worshipping you. This is blasphemy. This is sin. Jesus actually Tells them if they don't worship, then even the rocks will cry out in praise, and just a wonderful indication of the the deity of Jesus and that He is in fact worthy of worship. We also see Jesus rebuke them, uh, which is what we just talked about. The Pharisees tell him that they should that, that they should not worship Jesus, and Jesus says, "No, they they need to because." If they don't, then the rocks will start singing and the rocks will start worshiping. Uh, and then we see at the very end of our passage, Jesus mourns over Jerusalem. Uh, and we don't often think about Jesus crying as he approaches Jerusalem. We might think, well, why is he so sad? Um, and what what Luke records for us is that because most of Israel had rejected Jesus, they did not see him as the true king. They did not see him as the son of God who had come down from heaven but they rejected him and they actually they actually cried out for his crucifixion only a few days from this event uh and Jesus says because of this that that God's judgment was going to come upon them there are consequences to sin there are consequences to rejecting Christ and God gave Israel many years of opportunity to repent to come to him and to even believe upon Jesus but because they refused, then God used a Roman um, military leader named Titus to actually in 70 AD come against the city of Jerusalem, and it was destroyed. And, uh, And this is maybe heavy for us to understand, but again, it reminds us that there are consequences to rebellion against God, and that we should be eager to to come to God and to uh, believe upon Christ and to receive his gift of salvation that he has won through his own perfect life of obedience to God's law, his death upon the cross, that he willingly went and died so that our sins might be paid for in full. And he rose on the third day so that everyone who believes in Jesus is made right with God. They're reconciled to God, the Bible says. And our sins are, are removed from us. As far as the east is from the west, they're taken away. And we are given eternal life in Christ that we might worship him and honor him and one day be brought into the new heavens and the new earth where Christ reigns and dwells with his people and only righteousness dwells. So I pray you have a great week and that the Lord would bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and especially as we prepare for Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday that we can rejoice in God's faithfulness and his great work of salvation through Christ our Savior. Bye for now.
0: But you, O oh Lord, are a about me my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and He answered me from
1: His holy hill. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode.